showtime. He's also released four solo albums, and his music has been featured on numerous television shows and networks. Please welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show a man whose voice can hit notes most of us can only dream about, Jeff Coffey. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. Jeff, it's, it's great pleasure. to have you here, man. What a set of pipes you have. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, it's such oh, a pleasure to hear you sing and watch you play. Um, now... Obviously, you've played with some major heavy hitters and uh, a, a lot of great bands over the years. But let's go to May of 2016, where you had the opportunity to play and sing with Chicago. How did that come about and what was that experience like? Oh, well, it was uh, uh, it came about um, at that particular time. Um, Jason Chef, who had been there for 31 years, he took Peter Cetera's place back in 85. And um, he, he at, at that particular point in time in 2016, he was looking for a little time off. He needed to be home, some family things that were going on. And so they were they had been looking for some guys, tenor vocalists and bassists to to, um, you know, audition and everything. They'd been working with some guys in L.A. didn't work out, working with some guys in Nashville didn't work out. And um, I had been going up to Nashville kind of on a regular basis, kind of getting back into the business again and and uh, uh, reconnecting with some of my good friends like Tom Hurst and we did the loud jams and the drummer jams. And so it was a great way for me to, to play and meet all these, these, these musicians who had big country touring gigs and rock touring gigs. And your name gets thrown in the hat when things come up like this, which is basically what happened. Um, 
they started calling around Nashville again. Uh, Keith Howland, the guitarist for Chicago, uh, longtime guitarist uh, there for 27 years. Uh, he called around some friends, some guys that I had met through the jams. And they were like, yeah, man, you got to call this guy Jeff Coffey. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, uh, so uh, time went on again and they were still looking for other people. And he started calling again and said, I'm telling you, you need to call this guy, Jeff Coffey. <laughs> so um, uh, a couple of my friends, like uh, Chris Nix, uh, he called him, he's a guitarist. Uh, um, John Cowan, who uh, now plays bass with the Doobie Brothers for a number of years now. They're all telling him, yeah, call Jeff Coffey. So long story short, he called me and we talked and Keith and I immediately hit it off. We we realized immediately that we were kind of like uh, uh, bred from the same, you know, leaf there. And musically, we had we knew a lot of the same groups. We loved a lot of the same music. And so anyway, um, they sent me uh, live tracks of the band minus bass and vocals, and I did video auditions. I, I videoed myself playing bass and singing to them live, and I sent three songs in. Um, they liked what they heard. They sent me a fourth. They wanted to hear more intricate bass stuff. So I did that, they liked it. So uh, I went up to um, Detroit, met the band in Detroit. And we went down to um, Ohio for the first gig that everything was set up in the venue the night before. And we, we basically did, I guess you could call it a, an audition, you know, but we ran through the entire set twice just about and uh so i thought hey you know if i don't get the gig at least i've got to play chicago music with chicago this is cool uh but you know i got the gig and um um and then the rest was history you know i was uh i was i had my bags were packed and we the next day with the first after the first audition the first show was the next night and then i was on the road you know so <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah. i and i had I had basically a couple of weeks to prep for the whole show and, and, and learn, memorize the lyrics and sing lead on about two thirds of the show. So I lived in my studio for two weeks. My wife just brought me food and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it all, it all was, it was all good. It was all good. Well, and then, you know, but being show, there, was right? I'm sorry. Say again. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. They do like a two hour show, right? How long was the Yeah. Two hour show. Absolutely. It's a two hour. It's a great show. It's a power packed two hour show. And uh, um, yeah, so my experience there was tremendous. Musically speaking, it was just so gratifying uh, to be able to play that catalog of music with that particular ensemble of musicians every night. It sounded fantastic in my ears. And it felt good to everyone. We were having a great time, and uh, it was it was good times on stage. Yep. Well, Jeff, it, it takes a certain kind of talent to uh, to hit those notes and those Chicago songs, and, and many of your other songs. And and you mentioned John Cowan, who was a guest on our show a while back, and he's got some pretty good pipes too. Um, John's amazing. Yeah, it's and, just, and a really great guy. Oh absolutely. yeah, sweetheart guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, one thing I've got to know is how do you keep your voice as strong as it is? What's your secret? Well, that's a good question. I mean, um, it, uh, it's, it's a muscle like any other part of your body. Uh, the more you use it, the stronger it gets, the more stamina you have, you know. So if, if, I'm, if I'm playing a lot of shows, like, for example, uh, uh, Chicago's tour schedule 
it's pretty intense. And we would do sometimes five shows a week and you'd have a couple of nights, one night off and then three more couple nights off and then boom, boom, boom. You're just, you know, and so you, you get real strong locally, you know, when you sing that much, you know, and you get a little break and then you sing again, your stamina gets real strong. But then you go through periods, um, you know, uh, where you don't sing as much. So it takes a little more warming up, a little more preparation to get ready to go through the field. Jeff, do you, do you take voice lessons? Never took a voice lesson. No. Wow. That is I incredible. never took bass lessons. I never took guitar lessons. I was pretty much self-taught uh, with everything. Um, uh, I, I, I started out in bands locally in town here playing bass and singing all the high harmonies, which is, I just, it was just there. And so I, that's how I kind of developed that upper register. Um, but then years later when I started doing my own thing uh singing more leads i found myself more in a kind of a middle register and that wasn't as strong as the upper register because I, that's where i lived all the time so i had to develop that just from doing it and doing it and doing it so then I, the range increased as i started singing leads you know so it's just a uh, it's a it's a muscle you have to you have to train it you know Right. How, how challenging how challenging was it to play bass because as someone who many many years ago played the drums and sang and and that's not easy well, well playing bass and singing leads no piece of cake either right how difficult was that to master yeah it's, it's like a little bit of this right yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah because well it was interesting because um it's it can be a little bit easier playing guitar and singing because a lot of times you strum, you're doing a strumming pattern if you're playing rhythm guitar and you're just, you're kind of strumming to the beat. But with bass, you're locking in with the kick drum and you have a lot of syncopation, little syncopated parts that, that, not are, that are kind of antithesis of what the vocal melody is doing. So that took, uh, that took some years just to get that skill down. Um, but you, you learn, your brain learns to, you know, you got this part over here and then you got the vocal part over here and some, it goes together. And there are a lot of times when you play a song enough that you, you can't, um, you, you have a hard time remembering what notes next if you're not playing the instrument. Yeah. Because you, you associate playing a, a certain note with singing that note. And sometimes if you're not doing it, then you'll forget like, oh, wait, what's that note? <laughs> so it, it's funny how the brain works. That, that makes sense. Now, when did you know that music was it for you? Were you wowing the girls in junior high? When did it start? Uh, I would say that's a resounding no. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, um, I, I think I really caught the music bug early. Like when I was in elementary school, uh, uh, I, I, would, I would sit and play my records, my 45s and my LPs, and I would bounce around up on my bed with a baseball bat or a tennis racket 
pretending I was on a stage in front of 20,000 people, you know, just like kids do, you know. Uh, my first, I think my first rock album that I ever bought with my own money was um, Kiss Alive, the big double live album. And, oh, yeah. and you open it up and you've got all this, you know, the, the explosions. And I'm like, oh, my, what is this? This is cool. I'd like to do this, you know. So it, it as, as I got a little older and started really getting into music more on the radio, you'd hear stuff like Paul McCartney and Wings all the time great songs Fleetwood Mac and and I would sing along you know and and I and I as I got into junior high school middle school that's when I got into the band program I started playing trombone uh, I really wanted to play sax because all the girls dig sax players you know? <laughs> so but you know sax phone was expensive and uh, my stepfather had an old trombone up in the attic so trombone it was and uh so i was in the band programs i was the band geek you know i was in the marching band i was in the concert band the jazz band and all that stuff and i just loved it i really loved it you know and all all the while i was dabbling with bass you know i, I had some i had a little band my first rock band with some friends of mine and you know we we play like the grand opening of the dairy queen in town or, you know we set up in the <laughs> handicapped parking spaces and you know rock out with our parachute pants and all that stuff and uh that's when i really really got serious and then i went to college and it was all all on a music scholarship uh with the trombone um and i used to play out at disney uh here in in orlando and with the, with the uh, student program when i was in high school and college and I, I got to play with these great musicians um horn players from from different colleges and i grew from there you know but i think i really at, at that point, I, I maxed out of what I was going to be able to do on that instrument, the trombone. I wasn't going to get any better. And I knew I wanted to play more pop rock kind of thing. So I, I quit school, sold all my trombones, bought bass gear, joined a band, recorded a record and hit the road. And I've been doing that ever since. Now, you mentioned listening to Paul McCartney and Wings. On your third solo album called Origins, you, you covered a lot of bands. How did you go about deciding which songs you wanted to put on that album? That was an arduous process because when, I, when, when, when my management company and I decided to do this record and, and do a tribute record like this, I had a notebook of three pages long full of artists and songs from those bands and I mean, I was like, what am I, how am I going to narrow this down, you know, and, and uh, through the process, um, I, I tried to decide on the ones, I, I didn't want to do the vastly popular songs that you've heard on the radio a million times, although there are a bunch of hits on the record, it wasn't the ones that get overplayed, you know, it was ones that I loved, ones that kind of struck me, um, and ones that I wanted to, to dive into on the record. Um, but yeah, there's Journey on there because Steve Perry was was a hero of mine. You know, uh, Sting. You know, uh, uh, Paul McCartney. There's there's Queen on there. There's there's Triumph. Some Rick Emmett. You know, so it was uh, making that record was a blast. It really was fun trip down memory lane for me to dive into these songs, and from that huge list, I narrowed it down to about you know. Uh, I don't know, 13 songs, and I ended up putting 14 on the record, so. 
Jeff, there's, I will commend you on the choices and also on, you know, the magic power triumph song. I don't know how to probably count on one hand, how many people could hit those notes, but back on my feet again, the babies is, mm. is on that album. And, and I'm a big John Wade and babies fan. Oh. And, and I love your version, your cover version of that song and the video oh. powerful, inspirational. I mean, the, the song's amazing itself, but where did the concept for that video come from? That was through a conversation with my manager at the time. Uh, we decided to, to make it uh, about the fans, you know, and bring them, have them be a part of it. And, and there are so many people out there who are struggling with, you know, physical ailments, injuries, mental ailments, um, all kinds of different things. And we thought this would be a good avenue for them to be a part of this video. And they, so we, we told them, hey, you know, send us a video, here's the criteria, you talk about, you know, what you've gone through. And there were people who, you know, been suffering from various types of cancer, uh, uh, injuries, depression, you know, and uh, so it, it really became a message of, a positive message to other people out there who are still struggling with things that look, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and you know you can get back on your feet again. That was the kind of message behind the video for the song, and so it really turned out great. I'm happy with the way it turned out. And and uh, my my good buddy um, uh, Tristan Bowden um, from Chicago was on the video as well. Yeah. You know, talking about his story. You know, so it was it was so it was such a great thing to do, and I and I, I loved everyone's contribution to it. In speaking with other survivors, there's one thing that I've I've found that we all have in common. It's so easy to kind of circle the drain and, and, and think dark thoughts. So I, I'm so grateful and I just want to try to impart that how important a positive attitude and positivity is in life. I was so lonely until I met you Told myself I'd get by without love Drowning my sorrows, avoiding tomorrow's kind of Jeff, you released your fourth studio album last year, I believe, this time around. How's that been received so far? Really good, really positively. Um, I got some good press from it, uh, which is all of that stuff is on my website. Um, but I get a lot of good feedback from the people who bought the record. And, and um, uh, the people will tell me their favorites. And, uh, and uh, I've, I've, I released, interestingly, that, that record, um, when I was on the road with Don Felder, when it was in February of 2020, and we were doing a couple of rock cruises. Uh, we, we did this uh, 70s rock and romance cruise. And then right after that, we jumped on the rock, uh, rock Legends cruise. And we were on the week of the Rock Legends cruise is when you really started hearing about COVID hitting. And uh, they would tell you on the news is, uh, you know, stay home. You know, the worst place you can be right now is in large areas, confined areas with lots of people. I'm like, <laughs> I'm on a cruise ship. This is not good. So, um, and then about a week after we got off the ship, everything shut down. 
the breaks went on, the music industry, the live touring concert music industry shut down. And so uh, it was like having, you know, the rug pulled out from under your feet, you know, uh, us musicians, we couldn't go out and do what we do, you know, but it did because I didn't have to be on a plane and go somewhere and play a show. It gave me time to sit and collect my thoughts and, and write and record a new record. And so that's what I did. And, but I had already had some tracks that were finished before the end of 2020, but I did not want this record to be associated with 2020 in any way, shape or form. So I waited till New Year's Eve or New Year's night morning, you know, when the ball dropped, I released the first single. And, and then I, um, uh, and then I did a, another single a couple months later, which was the title track this time around. And um, now I'm getting ready to uh, do another another single from the record and another video. So just going to keep releasing songs from the record. You mentioned earlier that, you know, when you started getting back into music, when you went to Nashville, with a man with the caliber talent that you have, it's hard to imagine you not like stopping or taking a break at all what made you take a break from the music industry well uh yeah it's a good question i mean i i probably three years before i i came into the chicago situation uh maybe three or four years um i had been i i didn't go the route of you know, going to LA or going to Nashville, getting, getting a gig with a big artist and, and doing the big tours and stuff like that. All the years that I had been in music, I was, I was always trying to, to, to be the artist. You know, I was in bands and we tried to make it. And then, you know, <clears throat> some bands didn't work out. One band I was in, a band called House of Dreams. We, we were together for five, six years and we got to deal with RC Records. And we thought, okay, this is it. This is our moment, you know. And that was right about the time Napster started coming in and, you know, shooting everything in the foot. And uh, so then, then we got dropped and all that stuff. So then I started doing my solo thing in 2000 and still just trying to be the artist, which is the most difficult route. It, it's a hard thing to do. And I just got burnt. I got so burnt um, because it's not a nine to five job. You live it, you breathe it, you eat it. It's, it's just it, it's all consuming and it can get the best of you sometimes. So I, I took a break. I said, you know what, for about three, three and a half years, I packed up all of my instruments. I, I didn't listen to the radio in the car. I didn't sing. I didn't want to talk about music. And I just did something else for a while. Uh, but then it, I, I missed it. It was, it was like this, gaping hole in my soul that I needed in my life it, it defines who I am so I said well I gotta start singing again actually it was a story my wife and I went to a, a couple of concerts um one of which was the Keith Urban show and you know we're watching the show and she's looking at me and she's like you want to play music again don't you and I said yep I said this is I know how to do this you know and and so it's, it's crazy for me not to do this. And so I started playing again. That's when I started going back up to Nashville. Uh, but I did. I completely unplugged for, for three years and didn't sing, didn't write, didn't, didn't want to, I didn't want to hear about music. 
and I think I needed it, you know, to find my musical muse again. So, right. Well, I can say this, Jeff. I think on behalf of anyone who's who's ever heard you perform or sing, we're glad you came back. Thank you. Oh well, thank you. Thank you. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I know what it means to kind of have that that hole that you know that, that you were talking about. Because doing this show is what, what I love to do, and and I took a break a little bit longer, like ten times as long. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you came back sooner. Doing what you yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, what what your parents maybe have told you years ago. You know, if you can, everybody's got to work. But if you can find something that you really love to do, and figure out a way to make it work, and that's that's basically what I decided to do when I came back to it. I said, I don't. This is what I'm going to do until I physically can't do it anymore. So I'm going to figure this out. And and it's uh, it's been a good thing, you know, being back in it, you know. For sure. Definitely, definitely. You don't want to deny your purpose, and you were given those gifts for a reason. You're meant to use them, you know. Exactly, exactly. I would hate for any anything that uh, you know, like that to go to waste. And 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 the more I do it, um, it it becomes a relationship with the people who come and see me play and who listen to my music. So it it's um. Uh, validation that if I, you know i write songs and i perform to make myself happy that if i'm i'm happy with it and if that makes other people happy well then that's that's why i'm doing it you know so jeff what do you have coming up in 2022 for us to look forward to well i got some there's some really cool things happening this year i'm i'm finally getting out there and, and able to get out and play again um things are opening up they're not they're not 100% open up yet in lots of parts of the countries. There, there's um, still a lot of places with a lot of crazy mandates and this and that. Um, uh, cancellations happening and, you know, attendance is down in, in certain parts of the country. Um, people are still a little scared, which they shouldn't be, man, because if you can have 80,000 people going to a football game, well, then you're, I think you'll be cool with 2,000 people at a show, you know. <laughs> but, uh, um so it, I'm hoping by spring, summer, that it will be relaxed a little bit and things will open up a little better. I'm going to continue to get out there and play. And I've been playing. One, one cool thing about it is getting back out there. I've been playing a lot of listening rooms, which, is, which has been great. I just did one in, in, in Bluffton, South Carolina last weekend, and it was a sold out show. And I've got some other ones coming up here in Florida that are probably going to sell out. And, and, it, and it's great to play a venue like that because people come there specifically to, to listen to music. It's not like a bar or a club or where people are talking. They're there to listen to music. So they really appreciate what you do. And it just makes for a great experience, you know, both for the performer and for the, for the person in the audience. So that's been a real cool thing, a new thing for me to do. And I've been enjoying it. Uh, got some other really cool, really big surprises for for people who've been following me for a few years. And uh, I can't wait to talk about it, but I can't talk about it. <laughs> well, but you'll have really to come cool. back and talk about it when- I would love to come back and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. So Jeff, we are really happy that you took some time out to chat with us. We enjoyed getting to know you and hearing what's going on in your life. 
and with your music. And, and on that note, um, we'd love to end the show with one of the tracks from your latest albums. Would that be okay with you? That'd be perfectly okay with me. <laughs> and thank you guys both for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Our pleasure. It's been our pleasure. All right, folks, thanks so much for watching. Here's Jeff Coffee with This Time Around. Yeah.